Christ above us, Christ below us, Christ before us, Christ behind us, Christ beside us, Christ be with us. Amen. Please be seated. King Herod is one of our great bad guys in the scriptures. He was not nice. You'll remember in the early part of the Jesus story, Herod slaughters all the male infants in order to make sure that this Messiah, the Savior of all mankind, can't knock him off his throne. And then today, in sort of a first century version of drunk dialing, Because, you know, he's been sitting with his friends behind him laughing and partying. And his daughter, stepdaughter really, comes out and dances and does a really wonderful job. And so just on this whim, he says to her, I'll give you whatever you want. And you'll recall from the story, his, his wife is the widow of his brother. And this man, John the Baptist, has been giving them all a hard time about this unorthodox kind of marriage. She does not like John the Baptist. The story tells us that Herod actually did like John the Baptist. I love that line where he says, it's kind of what all preachers want. He listened to him, even though he kind of made him mad and perplexed him. And he says to this girl, I'll give you whatever you want. And John the Baptist is murdered. He is helpless under Herod's kind of power in the way in which he wields it. He died at the hands of a senseless use of power. And this is a use of power that we ought to recognize even today. Because people in power, no matter which eon of history you're focusing on, will do things for senseless reasons, sometimes because of their own egos, that will make us feel helpless and maybe even really render us helpless when it comes right down to it. At any rate, none of us are stranger to feeling helpless in the face of what we see as senseless and stupid evil that's been done by those in power. And you know, one of the things that we have to confront as human beings is our helplessness. We do. All of us are helpless to something. But sometimes, well, if if we're blessed, oftentimes, we'll get the opportunity, maybe let's call it the blessing, to choose how to react to that helplessness. The very last verse of this passage is is very important to this notion, this idea. It's, It's not a throwaway line. It says, what, the disciples came and they took his body and they laid it in a tomb. In the face of their own helplessness, the first thing that they do um, in the narrative is not gather to complain, which I'm sure that they did, not gather to rail at their 
at Herod and not gather to bask in their anger, the first thing that they actually did in reaction to their helplessness was to declare what was really important to them. It's what people did at the time of death amongst the children of Israel. They came and got John's body and took it as a holy thing. They gave him a funeral. They put his body in a tomb. They responded to their helplessness with an action that worked for the good. Ethicist Robert Adams says that that the practice of ethics and, and, and morality, especially the kind that we practice in religion, is, among other things, a human response to the human condition of helplessness. He reasons that that even in the face of this helplessness that we struggle with, we can still choose how we respond to the worst and the most uncontrollable circumstances that we will face in our lives. But you know, left on our own, and I know left on my own sometimes, we can all occasionally fall into the sin of responding to helplessness with, well, helplessness feeling of futility and powerlessness. In the face of of the constant tension that maybe we face, and you know, if you're not facing it and you want an exercise in facing this tension, download an app called Facebook and read it every day. (laughs) I mean, I could spend my whole day arguing with the people that I went to high school with. And you know, in the midst of this swirl that we're in now, you know, we can become stuck, cynical even. We can throw up our hands. We can give up on humanity. We can give up on one another. We can even give up on our faith in God. But see, I'm here to tell you today, and the gospel is here to tell you, friends, that we have hope in this faith, in in the doing of this faith, and in the practicing of this faith. We do. We do. Even when we are helpless. Or maybe even when we are helpless, we can choose how we respond. Adam says that our alternative to just giving up is, is really to do like the disciples did today, right? Is, to, is to, to do things that declare that we are for what is right. We stand for what is right. To declare that we don't stand for King Herod, but we stand for Jesus. We stand for the good rather than the evil of this world. And so when we do that, he says... We move out of that helplessness with this concrete expression of our loyalties. For example, he says, when our friends are ill, what do we do? We call them up on the phone, don't we? We go and we visit them in hospital. We pray for them during our church services. We send them flowers. We write them cards. None of these things might change the the 
the fundamental reality that the person who's ill is, is going to continue being ill and is, is maybe even going to die, right? But what it does for that person it, it, is it indicates that we don't stand for illness and sickness. We stand for good. We stand for their healing and their health. We hope with them for those things. We show up, as many of you did yesterday, at, at, at funerals for people. We show up during times of awful tragedy together here, and, and we pray. And, and we declare in times of joy, too, that when we baptize little children, that we are for the good. We declare to those folks that they are one of ours and that we are theirs and that we all are God's. We sit behind the families of the deceased so they can turn around and see that their life continues and that all these people stand behind them to help continue their lives. And you know, sometimes we even, um, during times of helplessness, we gather to make our voices known. I don't know if any of you saw, you know, I believe it was the beginning of last week, our general convention decided to go to a detention center in Texas to have church. And they said that people from inside there could hear them singing and hear God's people declaring that they are with them and that they stand for good and that they stand for love. Many of you did this on June 30th. And we've heard stories about how folks inside the detention center waved to those who were outside. We declare when we do these things that we are for those people and that we are for their good and for God's good in the world. Not only that, but turn around and look at this place. We show up together on Sundays, don't we, to declare these things. And you know, now, especially in a time like this, just showing up on Sunday uh, takes on a huge importance, doesn't it? Because we don't just come here to be entertained. We don't just come here to, to listen to someone stand up here and talk. We come here to do something, don't we? We come up here to, to, to share the body and blood of Christ, to reorient, reorient ourselves towards the good and towards a God who is giving of herself, self-giving of herself in love for us. And so by doing so, we declare with our bodies, with our presence, even sometimes with our words and our actions, that we belong to one another and that we belong to God. So bring it all here, folks. Bring your suffering, bring your helplessness, Bring your thanksgiving, bring your anger, even bring your hatreds and lay them at the altar of God and serve them up as an offering to God. Because we are promised that God transforms those offerings. God transforms the offering of bread and wine that we make into food and drink that strengthens and sustains us even in the midst of our helplessness. We can respond to our helplessness in 
to the suffering of those around us in the world, then not through throwing up our hands and not through becoming cynical and hard, but by offering ourselves to God and then freely receiving what God has to offer us.